Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning. Welcome to our first show of 2023, and I'm looking forward to this year. You know, as I've been doing these shows, I've been realizing how uh, I've been being transformed or changed and coming more and more into my calling and destiny as a storyteller. I started realizing as I was doing shows that what I really enjoy doing is being a storyteller. So today's show, again, consistent with our mission statement of bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers, is to bring out something that helps us connect with one another. So the topic of today's show is the art of wordsmithing, the power of words to influence. Stories and, and phrases and words that show the craft of wordsmithing to motivate us to believe something for either good or evil. We'll show it from both sides this morning. But I want to uh, refer you to how I've been learning to do uh, storytelling. I've had a great professor uh, that's been teaching me. And so I'd like to introduce you to our special guest this morning. And it's the Professor Baroness Ludwig von Storyteller. And there she is. And um, actually her name is Story. And her parents named her Story. And she's one of my grandchildren, as you can uh, uh, obviously see in a funny time we had this past holiday season. Baron Ludwig von Storyteller. Well, first of all, I'd like to give you a definition of wordsmithing. What is wordsmithing all about? Take the uh, word wordsmithing and break it into two parts. One is word, which is kind of have an understanding of that. I want to focus today on the smithing part of it. Think of a blacksmith, somebody who works like a blacksmith. So uh, the definition of it is the making um, wordsmithing is the making of changes to a text to improve clarity and style as opposed to content. We've drafted an agreement, but there's still a bit of wordsmithing left to do. Uh, the active verb refers to the act of shaping words. Use it to place the word writing to perk up a few ears. I'm off to do some wordsmithing at my desk this morning. You know, it's something interesting. When somebody calls you a wordsmith, it's actually a compliment. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, smithing is the act of doing metalwork or fabrication or repair. When we think of this classic trade, the idea of forging something new from bars of metal is top of mind. Much like a blacksmith twisting and molding iron or steel to fashion a new tool, writers do the same with words to create thoughts and ideas. I'll give you an example from one of my favorite writers. It's F. Scott Fitzgerald. And this is a phrase that he used in one of his novels. It's, it's a description of a, something that happened between a man and a woman. And this is the expression. Now, catch this. Quicker than a glance, in other words, he looked at her, quicker than a glance, longer than an embrace. See how that, those words, that phrase is wordsmith to give you a concept of what's going on between the two people? Uh, we also find in the Word of God, in Genesis, the serpent says to the woman, Now the serpent was more crafty, see he was a wordsmith, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden. Generalized statement. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Catch that? He shifted a little bit to touch it. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
you know, in this book that I've uh, recently uh, wrote, and it's free on my website at www.thefathersheartmedia.com, you'll find this book, which is The Last All Hallows' Eve. And I just want to read you an excerpt out of it because I was uh, motivated uh, to put in this book a concept of Lucifer as being a um, wordsmith. So this is an excerpt from my book, just a paragraph. Sure enough, I found out that this son of man was the seed of the woman. So I had to go into action fast. He went about healing the sick and speaking about the big guy's kingdom. He seemed like a new Adam, but much, much stronger. This guy never made a mistake. I sent my religious people after him, the scribes and Pharisees, but they could never trap him, no matter how I told them to pose a question. He always had to wiggle his way out of my traps. My wordsmithing, there it is, my wordsmithing was not working. He knew the word too well. He knew the truth too well. It was almost as if he were the word and the truth itself, all combined into one. But how could that be? He had this unique way about him. Whenever my people would ask him a question, he would always respond with another question of his own that threw my people off their narrative. If they answered one way, they would be trapped. If they answered the opposite way, they would also be trapped. For example, I thought I had him on the question of paying taxes. I had my people ask him, who should the people pay taxes to, the Romans or the temple? Whichever way he answered, I would trap him. He would offend either the Romans or the priests. This guy says, show me a coin. Then he says, whose inscription is on it? Again, you see how he starts with a question? The answer is Caesar's inscription is on one side, on the other side is the inscription of the temple. So he says, give unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, and to the temple what belongs to God. I don't think Solomon could have figured that one out, even when he was going to split the baby in two to find out whose mother it was. This guy was very good, a real challenge for me. He could really wordsmith his words. But I had a plan which would require unity from my minions. I had my religious leaders working together with the political leaders to exercise my power in this situation to get rid of this guy. After all, death was my friend, and he would come in handy at times like this. My first victory in the garden introduced death into the world, and I always kept death close by me so I could maintain control. In this story, The Last All Hallows' Eve, we see that Satan, uh, in the form of Lucifer, was a wordsmith. In fact, he wordsmithed words to create a narrative for Eve that enticed her to um, disobey God and also to uh, include Adam in that, um, that deception. So you see, the um, wordsmithing is very important. Well, first of all, words are very important. Uh, the power of words, we've talked about many, many times. It's throughout all the books that I've been writing. Uh, and even into these shows, how important words are. Words are sound energy, and they affect the atmosphere. So spending time and understanding and trying to craft words and uh, to speak releases energy either for good or for bad, for evil. And it's unfortunate we have a lot of people who uh, spend their time, I think they keep wake up at night, spending time crafting messages that they want us to listen to, um, and it's for evil purposes. But instead of the, giving you the evil ones first, I'll give you a personal story that I have that uh, very much influenced my life. I'll show you the power of words. I have six children. One of them was really uh, going off the rails. 
and uh, he was into drugs and even selling drugs and things like that. And uh, I talked to a pastor about how I should deal with my son. And the pastor gave me some of the best advice that uh, uh, I ever, ever got from a pastor, actually, about child-rearing. He says, uh, take the one who's giving you the most problems every morning when you meet him and you, you go into his room in the morning or every night when you say goodnight to him, just say three words. I love you. That's it. I love you. Just three words. Now, I'm going to tell you the power of those three words after six or nine months turned my son completely around. And as a parent or as a grandparent, don't forget the power of those three words. I love you. Let those words resonate in the hearts and minds of your children and your grandchildren. Because if you want to connect the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to fathers, you can't, I can't think of any more powerful words than to say them, I love you. That's a true story, and it's affected me. It always uh, turns me off very much when I listen to uh, the news media these days um, because I'm always thinking about words and how important words are. And I see these bills that come before Congress, and they always uh, wordsmith the titles of the bills like Affordable Care Act. Uh, every title is wordsmith to influence the public. Phrases like pro-choice implying that there's freedom to a woman's body to promote abortions. These are wordsmith words. They create narratives or thoughts in your minds. You know, Steve Jobs was very smart when he realized that um, when we hear words, we think of pictures in our minds. That's why he thought of the trash can as the symbol for delete when you go onto your computer systems or your laptops or whatever. Another, another word that just irritates me is this word called the vaccine. Uh, for their chemical concoction, they want to put in your body that has ingredients in it that they don't want to inform you about. So they want to make you think it's like, uh, like the polio vaccine when it's not a vaccine at all. COVID, that's a, that's a word that was created. We never heard of COVID before. Could it possibly mean certificate of valid ID? I think that's what COVID does mean. It's an acronym. How about transgender initiatives, changes to pronouns under the auspices of making people feel comfortable with themselves? It leads to gender dysphoria, and that word dysphoria actually means confusion. My second book, Luke Lightbearer Defeats the Spirit of Confusion, deals with this issue of gender dysphoria. How about Project Mockingbird from the CIA? CIA presentation of carefully wordsmith words every morning of every day to present the mainstream media, a narrative that they are communicating on a daily basis. What's the purpose behind Project Mockingbird? The purpose is to program us, and they're using words to do it. Wordsmithing of slogans, sound bites, changes in uh, expressions like critical race theory, cancel culture, safe places, woke, these are all words that have created meanings behind them and narratives behind them that are designed to program us. Fortunately for God's children, he straightened everything out many years ago. He inspired his servants, the prophets, to write the word. In fact, he is the word. So let's hear it from God's lips. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made. That's John 1, 1 to 3. And that's what the Word of God is saying about the Word. Many years ago, in the 1970s, I met a young man like myself. This is a personal story I'd like to reveal to you. Who thought he was very cool. These were the times of the hippies. These were the days of the hippies. I told him something quite profound one day. After a few puffs on his joint, he thought what I said was very cool. So he said to me, that's the word, man. That's the word. I felt quite proud of myself. He made me feel very good inside. What would it be like to walk down the street one day and someone ask you who you were? And you said, I am the word, man. Well, that's not going to happen. But one day when the sky is blue and everything seems all right with the world, you may have a moment of clarity in the midst of the fog of life, having experienced since you were born. All the words and thoughts that have beaten you down your whole life long seem so strange to you now. You step back from life and realize the whole world is a stage. You know that Shakespeare said that. The whole world is a stage. You've been an unwitting actor in the theater of the mind. Everything they taught you in high school was all wrong. It was designed to cause you fear, but you didn't have to fear anything because you realize you have a father in heaven who loves you with everything and everything with him is all right. He would introduce you to the word, his son. You meet the guy who is the true word. He will lead you into all truth. He will love on you and introduce you to the father. He's the only wordsmith you can truly trust because he is the word. So I would like to encourage people today to call our station. If you have a story that you'd like to reveal, you don't have to call now while I'm on the air. You can call anytime. Actually, I think the number's up open 24 hours a day and just leave a message. Uh, last year, right at the end of the year, I gave a show on one of the, uh, my children's books and a gentleman uh, who told me he was a grandfather left a message on the station and he wanted to get one of the books and um, he wanted more information from us. So he, his name was Dave. I don't know what his last name was. Um, wouldn't tell if I knew what it was. I just want to describe that I really enjoy when people do call the station and leave a message for me. I'm not going to answer the phone, but you can leave a message on the station's um, uh, voicemail. And I will get back to you. So please leave your telephone number. Um, if it's a cell phone number and want to text for me, let me know that. Uh, you can leave an email address. I would really like to, in 2023, I want to engage more with my audience and get feedback from you. Uh, things you thought about the show, questions you may have about what I'm bringing up, uh, more information about the books that I've been writing, uh, particularly the children's books. Uh, so the, te the telephone number here is 704 872-6345. That's 704-872-6345. It's WSIC Station's telephone number. And as I said, uh, you're not going to get a human being responding to that, but you can leave a voicemail message. Just tell me who you are and say the messages for Papa Tom and give me your information. I will get back to you uh, when I can. So this is uh, something that um, I would like to... Uh, also mentioned is that uh, there are lots of things that we have in life when we realize that um, the different 
ways that information comes to us, somebody is thinking behind it how they're crafting that message. And that concept of crafting that message is how do I say what I'm going to say? How do I write what I'm going to write? You know, we've heard it said that the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, it actually can say that the spoken word is mightier than the pen because the spoken word itself has energy in it, sound energy, and it does affect the atmosphere. You know, I was um, at a conference uh, last week, a vision conference out at Morningstar in Fort Mill, South Carolina, and um, there were a number of people there that were speaking on this subject. One of them was Zorro, and he spoke about the power of words. He didn't specifically use the term wordsmithing, but it was about the power of words. And we will be interviewing Zorro and probably also General Jerry Boykin uh, this year. I've made a, I'm in the process of making arrangements for those interviews. Um, so we're going to be talking about words and uh, soliciting from these people and everyone I, I interview, what are the words and expressions that they want to use that will most accurately communicate what they're trying to say. I picked up a few phrases while I was there. Uh, one of them was a funny one from, uh, this one was from Bobby Connors, who was a participant in the Vision Conference. He had an expression when he was talking about confusion. And he said, that person's more confused than a termite in a yo-yo. So that was uh, something I started to think about. Termite in a yo-yo, yeah. Um, another one was, uh, here's an expression of, that's wordsmithing. God loves originals, not reprints. So you can see there's um, a number of things that uh, we have here that um, are meant to um, affect us either in a good way or a bad way. It says in Scripture, hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You can actually uh, synonymously uh, change that word Christ to the word itself. So you can say, every, hold every thought captive to the obedience of the word. So whatever our thoughts are, what does that mean in terms of the word? Everything that the word has in it is true. Everything that has in it is true is also have the love of God behind it. And most of the thoughts that are going to come into your mind every day are not designed for truth and not designed to have the love of God behind it. Most of the thoughts that are going to come into your mind each day are going to have fear in it. Worry and anxiety and fear, we're being pummeled by it. Uh, not on this radio station, by the way, but in many of the places where you turn on the TV and the radio and things like that, when you, <clears throat> when you have things going on in your lives, you don't realize how many of these thoughts have worry, anxiety, and fear. And those are things that are designed uh, against you. But if you turn towards what the Word of God is saying, you'll always find the truth. And um, each one of the worry, anxiety, fear thoughts all have lies in them. And they're designed to give you narratives that will cause you to have fear. Everything that God has for you in his word always has the truth. And there is no lie in it. And it's always going to bring you love. And that's always going to connect you back to him. And that's what it's designed to do. So um, with that in mind, I was uh, thinking about something that uh, Jordan Peterson said. And I stuck with me and I processed it. He said in the psychologists that he works with and 
studies the statistics with what's going on, 80% of the thoughts that a person has in their mind is about themselves. And 80% of the thoughts that a person thinks about themselves are negative. I'm trying to think about that. Why always do the thoughts, are we constantly thinking about ourselves as opposed to thinking about something other than ourselves? How often do we spend time thinking about either God himself or other people as opposed to ourselves? <clears throat> I read a book one time that was very helpful to me in, in writing. Um, it, the name of the book was Cash Copy, and the author of it was a famous marketing person, a marketing guru. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. In any case, uh, he said, whenever you write something, the most important sentence part of the, what you're writing is the first sentence. And in the first sentence, you need to connect to the, the audience that, you're, that is, uh, you're writing to. And the most important thing to remember is everyone's thinking about what's in it for me. So in your first sentence, think of something that you can ask a question um, so that the audience can relate to it. Um, maybe, you are, maybe it's a question or it could even be a statement, but it's some question or statement in the first sentence where the party that uh, you're addressing is going to identify with it as being something, they personalize it, and it has to do with them. If they feel that it has something to do with them, they'll read the rest of the, what you have to write, whether that's a full letter or it could be a book or whatever it could be. Um, you have to engage in the first sentence because people are always thinking internally about themselves, whether they realize it or not. And it's interesting because the more I understand Scripture, the more I understand that what God wants us to do is to die to ourselves, to die to thinking about ourselves all the time, and to turn his thoughts towards him. You know, in the Scripture, there's four words that come out right in the beginning, and it really says it all. It says, in the beginning, comma, God. Maybe the comma wasn't even there originally, just in the beginning, God. That's all you need to know. We need to focus on something other than, something other than, the, the best thing we can think about other than ourselves is God. So in the beginning, God. You can almost say, in the end, God. And that's all it is, in the beginning and the end. Focus our attention on him. Scripture will also tell us, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. It's not about ourselves. It's not about our own thoughts. So in 2023, let's turn our attention to how we can think outside of ourselves and think about uh, our relationships with God himself. If we don't have that relationship, uh, he is very much willing to call, and I think he's appealing very much to people to understand who he is as father. Oftentimes we are, when we have these misconceptions <clears throat> From the narratives that have been told to us, we have misconceptions of God being the, a being that's going to punish us. And that's just not true. Um, in Scripture, you will find him as judge because he is government. He is the lawgiver. He is the judge, and he is the king. Those three branches of government that our founding fathers got come from the concept of God. But as he wants us, us to know him as Yahweh, he wants us to know him as Father. 
And if we can understand him to father, we can grow closer to him because he has a father's love for us. He wants to under, us to understand he wants to protect us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to mentor or teach us. That's what's in his heart. And he wants us to be like him. If we can press into his heart, we'll understand what he's like. So we would like you to um, spend time engaging with us this year. You can go to my website at thefathersheartmedia.com and also um, facebook.com, Papa Tom's Tales. These are ways on social media. I have these new uh, business cards that I have out, and they have uh, QR codes at the back of them. There's my new Papa Tom card. And on the back, it has QR codes and all my social media made available to you. So we really want to thank you for uh, being part of our audience in 2022. And we're looking forward to 2023. Take care. The Father's Heart Media. You've been listening to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8 right here on News Talk.